Our text for today comes um, at the time where the Israelites are wandering about the desert. And as they wander about the desert, God gives them specific rules on how to gather manna, the food that they are to live on. That's where our text from Exodus picks up today. So listen to God's word to us from Exodus 16, beginning with verse 16. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each person needs. This is talking about the manna here. An omer to a person according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. The Israelites did so, some gathering more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, those who gathered much had nothing over, and those who gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as they each needed. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it as much as each needed, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food, two omers apiece. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil, and all that is left over, put it aside to be kept until morning. So they put it aside until morning, as Moses commanded them. And it did not become foul, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, and they found none. The Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you food for two days. Each of you stay where you are. Do not leave your place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Sabbath is not easy. Sabbath is not easy, and Sabbath is monumentally misunderstood. You see, Sabbath is hard for some because taking a Sabbath seems pretty much impossible. Not just impossible, but rarely thought of. Having a day set aside as Sabbath is no longer a part of our normal schedules. Sabbath is also hard because for others, Sabbath can just be an excuse to be lazy or do whatever you want. Sabbath is not about being lazy, and Sabbath certainly isn't something that should be overlooked. No, needing Sabbath is knit into the fabric of who we are as human beings. God made Sabbath for humankind. Sabbath was made for us. 
That's what the text in Mark that we read earlier in the service reminded us of. Sabbath was made for us, and we need it. Sabbath is knit into who we are in the same way that sleeping is. There are lots of people in this world who try to figure out how to sleep less, to really optimize their efficiency. The problem is that God knit sleeping into who you are. You will end up spending a third of your life sleeping, maybe more if you really like to sleep. The more you learn, the more you experience, the more sleep your brain will need to synthesize and integrate the information. If you don't sleep, you will go crazy. You will hallucinate. Maybe you've seen somebody in a state like this. Let's say perhaps after a youth lock-in. You will go (laughs) crazy. You'll stop being able to learn new skills or ideas. Your brain's efficiency drops down to 40% in two weeks of sleeping for less than four hours a night. Sleeping is built into who we are. So is Sabbath. Sabbath is not sleeping, it's not just resting, it's not a day off, not like we think about it. So what is Sabbath? Luckily for us, that question was asked by the Israelites, and that question was asked by Jewish rabbis, and that question was later asked by the Pharisees, what is Sabbath? First of all, Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. Everyone is supposed to keep this commandment. God commanded Israel to keep the Sabbath. And he gives them this command while they're wandering about in the desert. Do you know how common food is in the desert? Not very common. How about water? Also not so common. But God says, listen. I know there really isn't much food out here, and I know there really isn't much water, and I know that you would probably like to spend every day making sure that you have something to eat and drink, but one day a week you are to do nothing. Nothing, not a thing. Nobody works, nobody gathers food, no manna will be gathered on the Sabbath day. Why? Because there will be no food to gather. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Like our text for today shows us, some of Israel decides that this word from God through Moses is just crazy. It's crazy. So they disobey. On the six days where they are supposed to gather just enough food to eat, they gather too much. They gather an abundance. They gather what they do not need. And when they do, what happens to it? They find it's all eaten up by worms. The manna did not keep because they did not obey God. And then on the sixth day, some of the Israelites think they finally figured out the system. And so they gather food for only that day. But the problem is that there is no food to gather on the Sabbath day. So when they go out looking for it, there is none, none to be found anywhere. Because on the Sabbath, nobody works. Nobody gathers food. They are to rest, to rest in that holy day. Watch and see if the extra work that keeps us from Sabbath isn't contaminated just as The manna was contaminated by worms. 
Watch and see if the extra hours you put in of toiling and working and being too busy don't amount to anything. They get contaminated. Because when we fail to trust that God is enough, we will find that we will fill our lives with things that simply get contaminated. We fill our lives with things that do not last, things that do not stand the test of time. And on the flip side, watch and see that when you work on the Sabbath, when you refuse to rest in God's holiness, you will find no food to eat. You will find no fulfillment because there is no food to gather on the Sabbath day. Why? Because God has already given it to you. Now, the Sabbath is not a concept that's only important in the Old Testament, but it's also important in the New Testament. Jewish rabbis see how many times God brings it up, which is a lot of times. So they start figuring out what they are allowed to do on the Sabbath. Are you allowed to cook? Are you allowed to do laundry? Are you allowed to work? Are you allowed to travel? And if you can travel, how far? And if you can travel, can you carry anything? And if you can carry it, how much does it weigh? Yes, they actually asked all of those detailed questions. Questions like this were incredibly common. Because Sabbath is a huge deal. Christians didn't just ditch the Sabbath. We didn't leave it behind, although maybe we personally have. It's still really important. You can even read court cases now of people being arrested, of having to pay fines for doing things they weren't allowed to do on the Sabbath. On Sunday, that day that's set aside for rest. On that day, restaurants were closed, towns shut down, nobody worked. Eventually, Jesus steps into this debate about Sabbath and what you can and cannot do and reminds Christians that Sabbath is not something you do. He says, listen, you've gotten it all wrong. Sabbath is not something you create. It's not about doing the right thing or not doing the wrong thing. Sabbath is something you receive. You don't gather manna on the Sabbath day because Sabbath is something you receive. So the food is provided. God created the Sabbath and God invites us into this holy day. Have you ever been invited over to someone's house for dinner or to a party? You ask, what can I bring? And they say, nothing, just bring yourself. God invites us into the Sabbath and says, come, but come empty-handed, bring only yourself. The problem with Sabbath is that we fail to receive it. Sabbath is not something we take. It is not something we do. Sabbath is something we receive. From its very beginning in the creation story, when it is first talked about, we can see that Sabbath is something we receive. The Sabbath is from the very beginning of the Bible. It's part of the very first story in the Bible in creation. There God creates everything in six days, but God's work is not done on the sixth day. He finishes the material of creation. But the Bible is very clear that everything was finished on day seven. Creation was not complete 
until day seven. God did not finish his work and then rest. On the contrary, God finishes his work by resting. Hear that again. God finishes his work by resting. So when you try to use the line, well, I have too much work to do this week to observe the Sabbath. I am too busy to stop. I'm too busy to rest. I need to finish my work first. When you try to use that excuse for not observing the Sabbath, I will point out to you that your work is not done until you rest. I didn't say it. It's in the Bible. So if you don't like it, you can take it up with God. If you really read the creation story carefully, it is important to notice that humankind did nothing to deserve Sabbath rest. To illustrate my point, let's walk through our days of creation. Day one, let there be light. Humans do nothing. Day two, God makes the sky and humans do nothing. Day three, God separates land and sea and humans do nothing. Day four, the sun, the moon, and stars are created and humans do nothing. Day five, it's the fish and the birds. Humans do nothing. Day six, animals and humans are created and humans do, you got it, nothing. Then day seven, God declares that this day is holy and he rests and all of creation rests. The first thing that humans do is rest. They did not earn that rest. They didn't work all week to earn that Sabbath rest. No, they were created and then they rested. They were created and the next thing that happens is the Sabbath day is set aside as holy If I were God, I would have created humans on day six and sent them off to work on day seven. But God doesn't do that. The first thing humans do is rest in God's sufficiency. Humans rest not in what they have done, but in what God has done. So hear this again. Sabbath is not taken. It is not something you do. It is received from God. It is a gift because we did nothing to deserve Sabbath rest. The Sabbath is not just not doing anything. That's not what Sabbath is. And Sabbath is not, and let me be clear about this, Sabbath is not self-care. Which means if we picture Sabbath as Netflix watching or football or just goofing around with family, that's not quite it. Sabbath is not about us taking care of ourselves. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Sabbath is about God taking care of us. Sabbath is this crazy thing of surrender into God's care. Not surprisingly, Sabbath is something we have to grow to love. It isn't easy. It's not easy because Sabbath is not self-care. Sabbath is not just a day off. Sabbath means we depend on God to provide for us because there is no manna that we can gather for ourselves. Sabbath means that we have to pause and realize that our work is in vain and is not done unless we rest Sabbath is not something we can earn or something we can do. Just that list alone explains why receiving Sabbath 
is so hard. A disciple of Freud's by the name of Ferenczi noticed in the early 1900s that many people came to him complaining about headaches and stomach aches and even bouts of depression that they experienced every Sunday, the day where they weren't allowed to work. Ferenczi ruled out all physical causes and concluded that they were suffering from the Sabbath. That's right. He called it Sunday neurosis, attributing it to the loss of control that people experienced on the Sabbath day. Receiving Sabbath is hard because we have to give up control. So if it's so hard, let me tell you why we should Sabbath. We Sabbath first and foremost because God did. We Sabbath because of what God has done and because of who God is. We Sabbath because God did first. And we Sabbath because God invites us into this holy space. And this invitation helps us to remember that our value in life is not in what we produce. Our identity is not based on the work that we do. This is what the creation story says. Our identity from the very beginning of time was based not in what we do and accomplish, but is based instead in who we rest in. In fact, God says, put down whatever it is that's in front of you that forms your identity. If your identity depends on your job, if it depends on your family, if it depends on your coaching ability, if it depends on you bringing home so much money, if it depends on the brilliant thoughts that you have, if those things form your identity, then that's exactly what you have to put down in order to receive the Sabbath. Receiving Sabbath doesn't mean not working hard. It doesn't mean not being a good employee, volunteer, student, parent. Receiving Sabbath means being able to put that thing down, that thing that defines you down once a week in order to find your identity in who God is. You are valuable because of who God is. You are valuable because God made you. So Sabbath is about taking a day to rest not in our own sufficiency, but to rest in God's sufficiency. On a day where you are not allowed to go gather manna for yourself. Whatever your identity depends on, put that thing down and rest in God's sufficiency. For a day, don't work. For a day, don't check your email. For a day, find your value not in what you do or accomplish or think, but in resting in God. A PhD student at Princeton observed the Sabbath. So much of his identity was wrapped up in his life as a student. He wrote, he read, he taught, and he repeated it every day. His identity was that he was a student, a full-time student. So when he observed the Sabbath, he put down being a student. He did not read. He did not write. He did not teach. For a day, he didn't find his value in what he could learn and teach. And he admits that it was hard. 
It was hard because studying is what he knows how to do. It's what he's good at. But it's also what got in the way of him being able to rest in God's sufficiency. My Sabbath day looks a little different. For me, a Sabbath day is a day where I don't have a plan. Hard to imagine, I know. (laughs) My life is planned out, not just here at church. I keep a planner with me at all times. It sits in the coffee table, in the living room, constantly. I am planned. I write everything down. I like to have a plan. And more than anything, I like to have control. So much of my identity is wrapped up in me being controlled. Control of my schedule. Control of my daily tasks. Control of my emotions. I am controlled. So, to Sabbath, I have to put down that control. I have to put down that thing that makes up my identity. And this might sound like a great thing to you, not having a plan. But for me, it's terrifying. I hate not having a plan. Sabbath reminds me that God is in control. And that God's control, even though I may not like to admit it, is usually better than mine. As refreshing as a Sabbath day is, it is hard It is hard to give up the assurance of my own sufficiency and to trust in God's instead. For you, Sabbath may mean not working for a day, because work is your identity. It might look like no email, computer, TV, because those things have begun to provide for you in ways that only God should. Sabbath might mean not shopping or cooking, because your identity is wrapped up in what you make for others. Whatever it is that is a part of how you provide for yourself, that is what you give up to receive Sabbath rest. I'll tip my hand here and say that this sermon on Sabbath rest is intentionally put before Thanksgiving and the holidays. For one day, even one day of this Thanksgiving week, even one day of the busy holiday weeks ahead, maybe especially on those weeks, put down your sufficiency. Put down your need to run around and make the holidays special, your need to make the holidays glisten and shine, and instead take some time to find rest in God. To rest and be grateful that you are not in control. It will feel like dying at first. It will be hard to not measure our own accomplishments and our own self-worth. But remember that Sabbath is a thing that God created for us. God already set the day aside and he invites us into it. In this holy space of Sabbath, We're not allowed to bring our own food with us. We're not allowed to provide for ourselves. Instead, we have to trust that if God is the host of this Sabbath space, then we can show up empty-handed, and we will leave after that Sabbath day with our hands so full with everything that we might need for that week. God created the Sabbath, and on it He rested, and all creation rested. So, rest. Rest because God said so.
and rest not in your own sufficiency, not in what you do and accomplish, but rest in God. Let us pray. Lord God, we know that we find our Sabbath rest not in what we do, but in what you have already done. Even as we look ahead at this Thanksgiving week, we can think about all the things we're grateful for and how the things we're grateful for are gifts that have ultimately come from you. So might we remember, especially this week, to take time to rest not in what we do, but to rest in who you are. Might we rest in you and be rejuvenated and refreshed in ways that we haven't been in a very long time. I pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you.